This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, this article is uh, entitled Eat, Sleep, Console Approach or Usual Care for Neonatal Opioid Withdrawal. Um, the lead author is L.W. Young um, from the ACT Now Collaborative. Um, this was in the New England Journal of Medicine. So this was a multi-center stepped wedge cluster randomized controlled trial um, conducted at 26 sites in the United States. Again, part of the ACT Now Collaborative. So what did they do? They took these infants uh, who are born greater than 36 weeks gestation or more, who had been born at or transferred to a trial site within 60 hours after birth, and who had evidence of antenatal opioid exposure and who were being treated for opioid withdrawal. So what did the intervention look like? They Each study site, all the study sites had three intervention periods. The first was usual care for that site, uh, whatever their practice was for opiate withdrawal. While the team was kind of learning uh, about Eat, Sleep, Console, and they were training just team champions. Um, so not the whole team, but just people who would then roll out the next EPOC. So in the second intervention period, um, they had this three-month training period where there was implementation of the Eve Sleep Console practices. And then the third um, epoch was really what they considered the ESC or the Eat Sleep Console intervention period. And if you're not familiar with the approach, um, I'm just going to read this to you. So it's a function-based assessment of opioid withdrawal severity focused on an infant's ability to eat, sleep, and be consoled. Kind of like the ADLs, the activities of daily life for a, for an infant. Infants are assessed by means of the Eat, Sleep, Console care tool to determine if they have difficulties with any of these activities. For example, does an infant take greater than 10 minutes to coordinate feeding, breastfeed for less than 10 minutes, or take less than 10 mLs, or whatever their age-appropriate duration and volume is? Does infant sleep less than one hour? Does infant take greater than 10 minutes to be consoled or cannot stay consoled for at least 10 minutes? And it's really um, a technique to optimize non-pharmacologic intervention. So keeping the environment low stimulus, uh, optimizing skin-to-skin contact, clustering hands-on care, uh, promoting breastfeeding as first-line treatments. And it's really about engaging and empowering families or caregivers in the care of this infant. So what were they looking at? The primary outcome was the time from birth until the infant was, quote, unquote, medically ready for discharge. You all know that sometimes uh, babies who are being treated for nows may be medically cleared, but not cleared for some other reason. So I thought it was really interesting that they picked this as their defined outcome. And the criteria for medical readiness I mean that, were, Go ahead. Th- that seems like the right thing to do, no? Absolutely. I mean, at the end- Absolutely. But it would be easy to say, let's pick the length of stay. (laughs) But the length of stay could be misleading. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So the criteria for medical readiness was prospectively defined as an age of at least 96 hours, a period of at least 48 hours without receipt of an opioid, at least 24 hours with no respiratory support, and with 100% oral feeding, and at least 24 hours from initiation of maximum caloric density. Totally reasonable, I think, uh, measures. The secondary outcomes, so key secondary outcomes included uh, the receipt of a pharmacologic treatment. So did you get um, uh, any medication for opiate withdrawal? And they did 
measure the overall length of stay. Safety outcomes, I thought this was cool too, an in-hospital composite safety measure. So seizures or um, some sort of accidental trauma like a fall or apnea and a composite safety measure through three months of age. So any acute or urgent care visit, emergency department visit or hospital readmission and a composite critical safety outcome at discharge and through three months of age. So looking uh, for things like non-accidental trauma or death. Mm-hmm. So they had um, 1,305 enrolled infants, 702 during the usual care periods, and 603 during the eat, sleep, console period. The characteristics of the groups were balanced at baseline, except for there was a proportion, except for the proportion of Hispanic mothers and the proportion residing in metropolitan areas. And these differences in factors kind of reflected the timing of site transitions. For example, it just so happened that the sites with the larger Hispanic populations transitioned later. So more Hispanic moms enrolled in the usual care um, epoch. And then the more metropolitan sites um, had more data in the eat, sleep, console epoch. Uh, But they did account for these in the adjusted models. So the primary outcome, the trial definition of medical readiness for discharge was not actually met by all the babies. It was met by 837 of 1,305 infants, 64%. And the most common reason infants did not meet the trial definition were discharge before the age of 96 hours, which I thought was interesting, 211 infants, and discharge less than 48 hours after the receipt of an opioid, 231 infants. Also very interesting. But among the 837 infants who met criteria for the primary outcome, the mean length of time from birth until medical readiness for discharge was shorter in the eat, sleep, console group than in the usual care group. So How many babies did you say? 837. Okay, sorry. I'm so, tired. I heard 8,000 and I was like, 8,000? Like, How did that happen? How did that <laughs> The numbers increased. Um, So in the Eat, Sleep, Console group, um, those babies were, quote unquote, medically ready after 8.2 days compared to 14.9 days um, in the infants who did receive uh, pharmacologic therapy. Um, And this is a rate ratio of 0.55 and it's statistically significant. And in a post hoc analysis involving 89% of the infants in which the modified definition of medical readiness was used, the adjusted mean between group difference was, so they had a a mean between group difference was 6.4 days. And I told you about the secondary outcome. The mean overall length of hospital stay was 7.8 days in the eat, sleep, console group compared to 14 days in the usual care group. The proportion of infants who received opiate treatment was 52% in the usual care group and 19.5% in the eat, sleep, console group. The composite measure of infant safety through three months of age showed that infants in the eat, sleep, console group had a risk of adverse outcomes that was similar to the usual care group. And the composite critical safety outcome at discharge and through three months of age was also similar in the two groups. And of course, not surprisingly, there there was still significant heterogeneity of treatment effect observed across sites. So what are the takeaways? The eat, sleep, console care approach decreased the time until infants with opioid withdrawal were medically ready for hospital discharge by a mean of 6.7 days as compared with usual care. The use of the approach also decreases the proportion of infants who receive pharmacologic treatment without increasing uh, any of the pre-specified safety outcomes. So I have a a question for you, Daphna, and you Mm -hmm. may have already said this, but did they look at um, the maternal exposure if mom was on like mixed medications versus just one like methadone versus other things? Because sometimes you feel that if mom's on 
many meds, it's harder for those babies to be, you know what I mean? That's the theoretically, but does, was there any demographic data on that? So I was, I'm trying to answer your question. You're asking for, is it, did they just have opiates or did yeah, they benzos have benzos or something else? Okay. So they medicine. did measure polysubstance okay. abuse. Um, and so that ex- included exposure to opiates and any additional psychotropic agent, excluding nicotine. Okay. So they included amphetamines, barbiturates, benzos, kratom, which we are seeing here in South Florida, cocaine, gabapentin, marijuana, methamphetamines, um, fencyclidine, and SSRIs. So um, it was seen in uh, in similar okay. amounts in both okay. groups, 60 in the usual care, 57 in the eat, sleep, console care group. But it's a great question um, because it's certainly a different clinical scenario with the polysubstance use. Yeah, I thought this was a very interesting paper. Obviously, I, I think to me it's it's interesting how the primary outcome really was the time to um, mm-hmm. to medical clearance at discharge. With I think is very impressive because at the end of the day, it's almost like I mean close to a week, right? At the end yeah, of the day, yeah. of of difference in how long these babies stay in the hospital, which is huge. But to me, the the reduction in exposure to opioids is is huge. fascinating, right? I think twenty percent from from fifty percent to twenty percent that's phenomenal. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised. I thought give I felt given the reduction in in opiate exposure of the neonates that the length of stay would be much longer yeah. because I feel like babies either stay a handful of days or you know their observation period or um you know stay for a very long time on medication. But I think this is the point. Some of these babies would have gotten medication if they weren't getting eat sleep consoled, I guess. Now how likely is it for, let's say you're an institution, right? And you read you read this, and you're like, okay, this sounds really great. How like how easy is this to implement? You think? So, I mean, this is not the first paper that's um, you know done the the data on eat sleep consult. Most of the other papers show similar uh, efficacy, and. I haven't seen a paper about this specifically, but I, I mean, hospitals are are rolling it out. I mean, they really are. Um, I think for some of them, they're showing less resource utilization because they're really engaging families um, mm-hmm. in in doing the care. I think also the always as I always advocate for, go check their supplemental material. I That's mean, right. they have they have a lot of the stuff that they're using. The uh, the Eat Sleep Console care tool that they have is available on the on the supplemental material. As usual, they don't do such a good job at making sure that the resolution of these things are high. So it's very pixelated, but you can gather what they're doing. Um, and they list all the different things, their care plans, the consoling. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think they do things. I think one of the things that I appreciated from their from their tool was that they, they're really setting nice expectations. Um, so, for example, they'll say um, takes more than ten minutes to coordinate feeding or breastfeed less than ten minutes, right? Do you, and then you 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 sort of have an idea of what what's reasonable to expect for these babies to do. Um, I think this is this is helpful, but this is obviously a very interesting study. And again, being able to reduce both length of stay or I guess clearance to discharge. And the exposure to opioid is, is quite important. I think it also represents, sorry, in a movement from how we assess these infants, yeah. because some non-exposed infants, right, have, you know, 
reasonably moderate Finnegan scores, right? So, uh, I mean, I think that's I think mm-hmm. that's part of it as well. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care professional. Thank you.